You're listening to a podcast from Turners Hill Free Church. For more information and resources, visit turnershillfreechurch.org.uk. Morning, everyone. This message, in one way or another, has been growing in my heart since I was saved at the age of seven. Um, and I finally um, worked out how to say it. So, <laughs> I'm, I've got three really simple um, aims or objectives today. The first is to teach you a scripture and for you to memorize it. Um, the second part is I'm just going to give you some rough guidelines on how to interpret that passage. And then I want to conclude by encouraging you to live by it. Does that sound good? Yeah. Great. Um, just to give credit where it's due, um, in our fledgling um, home group, which we call Abide, we're learning to pray and to love the presence of God. And um, one of the things that came out of our first sessions was how um, gratitude is key to are engaging with the world around us. And Jenny, that lady you spoke of from back up in Shirley, um, who was always grateful, um, she reminded me very much of my grandmother, a woman who never had a complaint on her lips, but was always um, disposed to be grateful and to thank God. And that's it's really pushed me onward in my um, desire to encourage you guys and uh, whoever I encounter to be more grateful. So just a quick word then about memorizing scripture. Memorizing scripture is transformative. It actually changes things. Um, For those of you that do it, have you experienced that? Let's have a hands up for who memorizes scripture. Or has memorized scripture. Um, and then take your hand down if it's made no difference. <laughs> okay, great. For those that didn't look round, that was pretty overwhelmingly red tomatoes. Does anyone remember that show? Yeah. Okay, good. Um, so, memorizing scripture changes your mindset. And Paul tells us in Romans 12, doesn't he? Be transformed by the renewing of your minds. It changes our outlook, changes the way we see things. So, for example, things that we might think of as um, inevitable in the Western world, like road rage or lust or white lies, um, these things, when you've got the scripture dwelling inside you, they become unthinkable rather than inevitable. Learning scripture builds your faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. It empowers you for ministry. It actually gives you power. You know, like when Paul talks in Ephesians 6 about how the, uh, the armor of God and the one, um, pre- you know, expressly um, offensive weapon is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So it gives you power for ministry both to yourself and to others. So it's good for slapping down Satan. It helps you to evangelize. <laughs> Having scripture inside you just helps you to kind of um, have a better framework for understanding being lost and being saved. 
And it gives you a wealth of treasure in your heart. Nathan's t-shirt today said, um, uh, what was it? Something like, um, Wi-Fi not non-negotiable or something like that. <laughs> Must have Wi-Fi, that's it. And, um, but the great thing about scripture memorization is that you're putting this stuff on the inside and even when you're not connected to Wi-Fi, you can find a scripture. How cool is that? You know, it's like, where's that verse? Oh, wait, I don't need this. I can, I know it. And if none of this convinces you, then the late, great Dallas Willard, one of my heroes, says, if I had to pick one of the disciplines that I would do, it would be scripture memorization. For him, it was the most precious, most fruitful activity he um, he did. So we're going to learn one short passage. It's three verses. I'm not going to ask you to turn to it in your Bibles because I want you to um, start to build up the verse in your head. And that visual image of it in your head will be easier to remember than the visual image of it on the page, okay? And it's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 16 to 18. Some of you are already like, well, I know this one already. Um, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Can we all say that? Boom. Good. Okay, first verse. Rejoice always. Nice. Next verse, verse 17. Pray without ceasing. If you've heard it in another translation, uh, it might mess you up a bit, but um, we're going for ESV UK here which is the English Standard Version with a UK twist. And um, I, I think from what I can tell, it seems to be one of the best translations we've got at the moment. So, um, so 16 and 17. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Good. Um, for me, pray without ceasing, help, help you to rem- remember PricewaterhouseCooper, like the PWC thing. So pray without ceasing. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. And then the next verse starts off with give thanks in all circumstances. So the whole thing of these, there are three imperatives. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. I don't know why I'm looking at my page. I learned this ages ago. Um, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. Can we try all of that? That was nice. That was really melodic. Um, So we've got these three imperatives. um, And if you want to remember them in order, I'm sorry, but it's RPG, which if you're a military man, you know, (laughs) that's a rocket propelled grenade. Um, But if you're not, it could be role play game. (laughs) Um, And that could be just a way of remembering the first three imperatives. What were they again? Very good. I feel like I'm in a a pantomime or something. Okay. And then the final bit is um, massive. It says, for this is the will of God in Jesus Christ, in Christ Jesus, for you. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Can you try that? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. 
Brilliant. That's the whole thing. So who wants to try doing the whole thing all together? Me, I do. Okay, good. Let's try it all together. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Very good. We're going to do it a few more times. They say that you should do something seven times. They don't say that. I just made that up. Um, but I've heard it somewhere. So we're going to try it. We've done it, what, three times? So we're going to try it four more times, okay? Just in succession. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. One more time. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Amen. Amen. May that word settle in your heart and produce much fruit in you. Um, So, that was my first aim, to teach you that passage. I'm going to come to it at the end, because I really want to um, check whether it's, it's worked. So, my second objective was to give you some advice on how to interpret the passage. So, this passage poses three big questions, namely... How the heck do you rejoice always? And how on earth am I going to pray without ceasing? And how can I give thanks in all circumstances? Those for all, for me were big posers. I really thought these are big asks. And then compounding the severity or the seriousness of this is this phrase, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Man, it's big. So what are we to do? Let's go through them one by one. So the three imperatives. Rejoice always. You will be pleased to know that this does not mean doing high kicks and the cha-cha down every aisle of the supermarket. Okay? It doesn't mean that you should yodel and whoop at unsuspecting cold callers. Um, We are to rejoice... But it doesn't mean that we are to be disconnected from reality. If anything, it means the opposite. But more about that later. What it also means is that being a Christian grump is an oxymoron. You can't be both. You've got to pick one and you've got to stick with it. Kind of joy is built into the job description, if you like. Now, it's been said a lot that happiness and joy are not exactly the same. And the way I differentiate between them is like, happiness is like the weather and joy is like the climate. There is, um, joy brings context to your state of happiness. So for example, you might have a rainy day in June, but June is generally sunny and warm. So we can expect there to be exceptions to the rule. So someone could be a joyful person and have a bad day. Often, actually, it's the most joyful people that you notice when they're having a bad day, isn't it? 
What's happened to you? What's going on? Um, I've scribbled out in my notes, unless you're still grumpy, in which case no weather is good. June is too hot. <laughs> no, the point of scribbling it out is you don't mention it, Nick. Okay. So there are exceptions to the rule, but the rule is helpful and it's there for a reason. It helps us to discern um, the season. That means that if you are joyful, the pleasure should most of the time reach your face. If your heart is set on heaven, you will always have a reason to be joyful. Amen. If your heart is set on earthly things, you might have a sunny day, but it will be a sunny day in the middle of a bitter winter. You see, because earthly pleasures are temporal, but heavenly pleasures are eternal. Paul says, we, therefore, we fix our eyes on the things that are unseen, for the unseen things are eternal. And the things that we see are temporal. Paul also says in Romans 8, For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Therefore, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely or um, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things, Paul says in the same passage as... um, Another well-known scripture in in Philippians 4. And when we do that, when we focus on these things, we become satisfied only by the divine rather than the earthly and the temporary. Our responsibility as believers, we're told in uh, Hebrews 12, is to fix our eyes on Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith. And that always produces eventual joy, even if it takes us down a path, uh, a, a tough road. So that's what rejoicing always means. It means for our vision to be filled with Christ. So uh, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. So here are a few more negations. What this does not mean is that you can never talk to another human being again. (laughs) It doesn't mean that um, listening to your mother-in-law speak is sinful, I'm afraid. It means that your stance is always prayerful. And it's like being a Boy Scout. You're always prepared. Yeah, but you're going to remember that now. So, okay, here's a really, it's a slightly weird example. If you get someone who's chronically insecure, you can say something and they can interpret it in a completely different way. So you can say, oh, you look well. And what that means is you are a grotesque monster. Okay? They interpret the data and it, Go, it finally reaches their brain as something completely different to what came out of your mouth. Now imagine if we could apply that pervasiveness of that thought life to prayer. Where every single bit of data that comes in, 
you are able to turn it immediately into prayer. How cool would that be? So that even difficult things coming your way, like the opposite of the insecurity thing, even someone saying something horrible to you comes out as, that was so kind of them to tell me how grotesque I look. And it makes me feel so pretty. I'm not saying that it's only girls that have that insecurity. So what we need to do is to train our brains through prayerfulness to be able to turn things around, even things that are difficult, and um, redeem them to make them good. And again, like I mentioned earlier, prayerfulness doesn't make us less connected with reality, but actually more connected. You know the, the old accusation that prayerful people have got their head in the clouds and they're so spiritually minded, they have no earthly use and all this sort of nonsense. That's just balderdash. People that are prayerful are of eternal earthly value. They think about what you're saying to them more because they are praying through it. They're actually um, involved in what you're saying because they're turning it into prayer constantly. So a few tips. Pray about small stuff. So you know some people make fun of those people that are like looking along the baked beans in the supermarket going, which one is the right one to pick? You know, it's, it, it's funny, isn't it? Like, I, that for me was always the archetypal, overly prayerful person, was the person that prayed over which route to take home or um, whatever. But you know what? If you're one of those people, I love you. Yes, good. Pray about everything. That's what we're told in Philippians 4, isn't it? Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Like, we are meant to do this stuff. And, yeah, we can laugh about the people that are praying over which beans to buy. But, actually, they're obeying scripture. They're being prayerful about it. Communion with God doesn't have to sound like Shakespeare. It can sound a little bit like, are you serious? Or... No, 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 please. I've done that one a lot with my children. Um, it can sound like, ah, oh, I see what you were trying to do. Or sometimes, I don't know if any of you guys get this, but I, I like just yet let out a yelp. <laughs> I did this morning. I actually started laughing um, as I was praying this morning. Just it, stuff comes out and you don't even have words. Is that just me? Or is like there's there like a kind of a visceral response to God and you just go, ah! You can cut that out of the recording, can't you? So our communion with God is always to be respectful, but it doesn't have to be formal. Does that make sense? It's always respectful. He's always our father. We're to respect our father, but it doesn't have to be Form, formal or formulaic. Jesus, in fact, told us not to multiply our words. So I should probably move on. It should be functional and it should be intimate. And as we've seen, it should be continual. If you compare that with, say, randomly picking a prayer pattern, praying five times a day in a certain way, you 
you get to see there's actually something way more valuable in praying continually in a way that kind of reflects the situation that you're in right now than there is in praying the same prayers time after time after time in the same way. When you continue, continually commune with your father, at times it's like these little short outbursts. Like, please don't act like this. Please don't let him act like this when he's an adult. And other times it's kind of more extended. You're like, nice trees. Ah, oh, nice clouds. Oh, that's my turning. Um, you know what I mean? Like you're kind of, you're processing life as you go by and you're talking with God. And that's the most, you know, this is, I had this revelation a couple of weeks ago. The word thank you is saying something to a person. It's a second person exchange. It's saying thank you. And isn't that wonderful that it's, it's communion with God? When we say thank you to God, like in other languages, or in lots of other languages that I can think of, thank you doesn't actually involve the person. So you say gracias or merci or um, obrigado or grazie, or, you know, whatever. And like you've got all these different words, but they are not actually saying you. They're not directed. And I'm, that's there are lots of failings in English, but one of the good things is the word thank you. It's so cool that we are engaging with the person to whom we must address our thanks. And I like that. So one last tip on this praying con- um, without ceasing is pray out loud as much as you can. Also, when you read scripture, read it out loud as much as you can. And as we did today with Psalm 37, pray scripture. You can turn any scripture into a prayer. In fact, I, I would say you could turn pretty much any word in, <laughs> into prayer. If you went through the dictionary and just, you know, got flamingo or something, you could... You could actually pray into that word, like, God, help me to stand on my own two feet. I'm honestly, I'm just making this up at the moment. Um, And I don't know, help me to stand out from the crowd. I don't know, like, and just, you can turn anything into prayer. So if you want to read more about um, praying continuously or pray without ceasing, I'd recommend a book to you, which is... um, book by Brother Lawrence, it's actually a collection of his writings and teachings um, called The Practice of the Presence of God. And it's um, it's just a really cool book that tells you how to cook and pray at the same time, which is um, what he did very, very well. So that's our second imperative, pray without ceasing. And then the third one is give thanks in all circumstances. I'm not going to make fun of the literal interpretations of this, but... Um, the Greek word is eucharistete, which um, has got the word in it, charis, which is um, the word for grace. So when you think about the Italian and the Spanish, gracias, grazie, it's got the word grace built in. And so, um, and what it means, eucharistete, is be the... the um, King James puts it, be ye thanking, um, or be thanking. So it's like this present continuous thing. So we're talking about a general approach of gratitude when engaging with human life. So if life is good, be thankful. If life is hard, be thankful.
If you feel numb, be thankful. Going back to my grandma, her name was Joy. And she was always thankful. I never heard negative words come from her lips, not once. It was so amazing. And she she lost her husband young. <clears throat> um, so she spent um, the second half of her adult life living alone. And But she was always grateful. And I... I can't tell you how much that does to me as a, as, as a young person to see someone who has reasons to be bitter being thankful all the time. So those were the three imperatives. And I said that my third aim was to encourage you to live by this scripture that um, we've learned today. I also said that the passage poses three big questions that are hard to answer. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. And I do think, but what I didn't tell you is that I think the key to being able to do those things lies in the third thing, in being thankful. So if you want to be joyful, always be grateful. Say thank you more. If you want to pray without ceasing, have an attitude of gratitude towards your maker. Giving thanks in all circumstances is a measurable phenomenon. You can actually count how many times you say thank you in a day, for example. Rejoicing always is much harder to measure. And so I want to suggest... That if you say thank you to God in your morning prayer and then at no other time in that 24 hour period till the next day, I want to suggest that you need to be encouraged in the area of gratitude. I would have said that um, when you're praying in the morning that you could come up with at least 10 things to thank God for. And being thankful releases joy. In fact, just as my grandmother was called joy, she was sustained in her prayer by gratitude. I would say that your joy in your life is actually upheld and maintained by being thankful. If you lack joy, step out in thankfulness. And um, I did a a kind of call for ministry a few weeks back for anyone who felt like they were lacking in joy. And um, honestly, I felt like there were more people that needed to come forward. Um, and so I just want to provide another opportunity today, if that's all right, just for anybody who feels like, I'm pretty sure I'm meant to be more joyful than I am. I'd love to pray with you. Bethel Church in California uh, have declared war against cancer and they've stated that they want Redding, California, that area, to be a cancer-free zone. And so far as I understand, this doesn't mean waiting at oncology units and kidnapping people and taking them across border, like state borders. I think the idea is more about praying against it, praying on the streets for healing and that sort of thing. And I have a similar goal for... Um, for us as a church and for our area is that we would be a grumble-free zone. 
Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't it be so cool? Because when I imagine a church without grumbles, where people... You see, because there are like two types of truth that are going on all the time simultaneously. You've got temporal truth, i.e. I've stubbed my toe, and eternal truth that is I'm saved. Okay, And when you put them together, the larger one swallows up the smaller one. You know, death gets swallowed up in victory. Um, These light and momentary sufferings are achieving for us a weight of glory. There's something big. And there's something small. And so, as a church, we don't need to avoid the temporal truth. You don't need to say, I'm fine! I'm absolutely fine! (laughs) Um, You don't need to avoid the truth. All you need to do is contextualize it with the eternal truth. One day, we are going to get caught up in eternal joy where rejoice always won't be an imperative any longer it will be inevitable one day we'll be in a place where saying something like pray without ceasing will not make any sense because we will be in perpetual communion with our God forever and ever And one day, giving thanks in all circumstances just won't make sense either because we'll just be constantly amazed by God. You know, I had this revelation last week. Jesus is the champion of heaven. He's the darling of heaven. Everyone in heaven looks to him and just like, wow, wow. Like, he did so much. What he did on the cross, what he did in rising again, and everything between his birth and ascension was so amazing and has echoes throughout eternity that I just think we're going to be going, wow, for quite a lot of our eternity. And so this verse, what it's, this passage, I should say, is giving us cause to practice what is going to be natural for us in eternity. Amen. So, let me just check that you've remembered the memory verse, because I said I'd do that. So, where's it found, first of all? Yes. Well done, Jackie. You've got such a clear voice. It just rings out. It's so lovely. Um, very good. First Thessalonians five sixteen to 18. And let's say it together, shall we? Rejoice always. It's good. It needs to be like dwelling in there. And you know, you can say it every time you pray. Um, Andrew and I, whenever we pray, we've got scriptures that we say every single day. And they just roll off the tongue. Um, But they're there. My, um, 
yeah, their brother Jürgen, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, they have all survived through incredibly difficult circumstances by knowing scripture off by heart. My mum had a dream once where she was being attacked by this monster. She could see this huge imposing figure in a room and it was pushing people back until they hit a wall and then they would slump down and then he would move on to the next person. And in her dream, every night for, I don't know how long this happened, but the monster thing would come towards her and she would crumple against the wall and fall and then wake up. And um, in her dream, at some point she realised that if she spoke scripture out, um, it might be a good defence. And she started speaking scripture out and this thing started moving backwards and she was beating it. I really want to encourage you guys, memorise scripture. Get it in your hearts because you can't always grab your device or your Bible in, in any situation. You need to be quick off the mark and be prepared or prepared. Okay, so my challenge then for this week going forward is very simple. Can you say thank you 10 times per day for something? It sounds kind of easy, doesn't it? Like if you're, it's, it's really not that hard. Like for example, there are about 50 reasons to give thanks in this room right now. So if you just think about your friends and your family or whatever, you can just thank God for them. Um, why don't you just grab a partner quickly um, before Jeff comes up. Just say 10 things you're thankful for to your partner just to get some practice. Does that sound okay?